It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We choose this relationship and we have to choose to nurture it. We have to choose to grow it and be there for each other because we aren't just a default. And that's a hard realization. Like it's powerful, but it's also hard to realize that like I have to show up better, not just for Emma, but for other people in our lives. Welcome back to Open Late. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari, and this is a Soulfire production. I am so stoked because I have another non-monogamous couple on the show today. You guys, I'm with Emma and Finn from the podcast, Normalizing Non-Monogamy. Welcome, you guys. Welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Welcome to us. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say hello and it came out not what I was wanting to. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you for having us, Jessica. We're, we're excited to be here. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Um, not only because for me to meet, I think other couples in this space, Pasha and I don't often like have a very big community in non-monogamy. Um, if anything, some of our friends that we've had for years and years, like our community is maybe starting to explore these things, I think because of us, but we've not really um, had a lot of friends in this space. And I know that this is something my listeners really, really want to be hearing more of and to meet more people like you guys. So thank you for coming on the show. Um, I would love for you to introduce yourselves a little bit and give, give the listeners, I guess, just a brief little like overview of who you are and um, how you ended up together. Yeah. You want to go? Sure. Uh, so I'm Emma. I'm 35 years old and Finn and I have been together since we were 19 and 20, uh, so been together a long time. Um, we've been exploring an open relationship for pretty much our entire relationship. I'm Finn. I'm 34. And just to sort of build on what Emma said, like we, we actually went uh, to middle school together. We met each other in middle school, but we started dating uh, our first year of college. And then we, we ended up studying abroad um, our second year of college as we were picking out where to study, we really wanted to make sure that we weren't making the decision based on the other person. And so we, we knew we were both going to Australia, but we picked our universities individually. And we actually wound up picking the same university, which really worked out for us because it gave us uh, time to be together and, and travel, but also it gave us a travel buddy. And it was really the first time that we, we got to explore life together. Um, outside of like our little tiny hometown. And so that was sort of some eye-opening things happened there where we were meeting people from other cultures uh, from all over the world were studying abroad there with us. And I brought the conversation up to Emma uh, at that point about like, I don't, I don't want to limit you and your explorations of life. And there are things that I want to explore and like, how can we how can we explore those together? And the idea of opening our relationship so we could date 
and see what that looked like, but together was sort of born out of that. And we've been doing it on and off since, let's say, 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's taken many different forms and it's ebbed and flowed over the years, but that was sort of how we got into it. Wow, that's so cool. So I actually did study abroad. So hearing you talk about it actually brought back something for me that I just like feel called to share. I, first of all, I think it's amazing. It just shows what kind of adventurous spirit that you already have, right? I think those of us that go to college and we're like, yeah, I want to go live in another country. Um, I went to Italy and um, I was actually still dating my my high school boyfriend at the time. And our relationship was already kind of tumultuous. And I actually tried to end things before I left, thinking this will be a great time. We're obviously not going to be together. We went to different colleges, but they were only a half hour apart. And um, he really didn't want that. He wanted to stay together. And lo and behold, when I was in Italy, I found out that he had cheated on me at home. (laughs) I was like, this is what I was trying to avoid, Um, which was a full on, you know, seven years before I think I ever had my first non-monogamous experience with my now husband. Um, But it's almost interesting to see what little indicator I already had of like, this isn't going to work. And maybe it's not meant to. So I love hearing you say, like you had the, you know, foresight to be like, we are exploring, you know, where you guys are, I'm guessing like 19 at this point, you know, your sophomore year of college and wanting to not only allow the other person's exploration, but encourage it and also be there for it. It's like, mm-hmm. we're in this relationship. We clearly have a thing, you know, you're probably my best friend. Um, let's do this together. So I think that's really cool. Um, I would love to know what that looked like. So you're in Australia. Does that mean you're having your experiences together or you're having separate experiences with other people and then sharing them? Can you like walk me through that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Sure. It it very much started as a journey together. And for the majority of, well, for a lot of our relationship, yeah, it has been that. So we, a lot of it early on was just a lot of conversations. And so we talked a lot and explored different ideas. And we did go to one event that was uh, a meet and greet that ended up being more than a little bit, more than a meet and greet. Well, in Australia. In Australia, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was an eye-opening experience. Like we were able to just meet some open-minded people uh, in that in that environment. And it spurred more conversations. And for the first handful of years, like, four to five years of our relationship, we explored a little bit together with other couples, but most of it was conversations. And I mean, we were in the middle of college and figuring out our lives and our relationship. And so it was part of our relationship, but it wasn't, I would say it wasn't a huge part. Is that, would you agree? Yeah. Well, and I just, to to back up really quick to the first experience in Australia was I went on and found this group that was hosting a house party and they called it a meet and greet but when we got there it was like people would come in and meet each other and then go upstairs and there was just beds everywhere and they would just like jump into this basically group sex and we were like 
we were not there. We were like, you hey, were this like, is Whoa. really cool. But like, <laughs> right. We're So we stayed downstairs for pretty much the whole night. Like we walked up and like wandered around and like looked at it all, but we didn't, didn't really get involved in it. It was more just like, what is this? What are people doing with their lives and how do they do it? Um, and that was, that was sort of the first event. I would say, just thinking about it, like having a, a fond memory of like the weeks leading up to this, us going out like shopping, trying to find what are we going to wear? How are we going to like dress in a way that we like feel sexy, but also feel like we're not pushing ourselves too far out of our comfort zones. And so like finding those outfits or like looking for fishnets. I remember we looked for fishnet stockings for like a week. We went to like every store and we could think of to find like the right ones. And it was just like a really bonding moment for us. Um, and then, yeah, so you, you said then after that, it was a lot of talking and yeah, it was, we were in college, finishing college and we went to college in a pretty remote area. So there wasn't really opportunities for this. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't, we didn't really like jump back into it till we moved out East after we graduated in 2010 and we were living on the Atlantic coast and really started going to more like parties or nightclubs that had a lot of swinging or non-monogamous themes in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was where I guess the, it was still very much together though. Like pretty much everything we did was together and for many years, uh, but we we dove in and met a bunch of people and try. We were trying to make friends and open minded friends, and that was really like whether there was sexual benefits, I guess, on the side or whatever. If that went that way, that was just a that was just a bonus. Um, mm-hmm. We really, really wanted just open minded friends that we could be ourselves with and see where things went. And it was a journey for many years trying to um, trying to find those people. That, that we really clicked with yeah. yeah the the dream was let's find people we can go hiking with and camping with or canoeing or mountain biking and or go to a brewery and hang out and then maybe if everybody's feeling it that night like things can heat up but it doesn't have to but it can and like that sort of blend of like friend and sexual exploration was sort of the the holy grail that we were seeking and it was a very challenging thing to find for us. Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, it's so beautiful, though, that the basis of really what you guys were searching for was like community within mm-hmm. that exploration, um, because I think that's what a lot of people want, whether they realize it or not. Um, I'm I'm so curious because similar to Pasha and I, we've like thought about that a lot, but we've not put a lot of effort ever into that. Um, and just, I think timing and different things in our lives, like taking over and taking the lead. So what, like, did you ever find it a little bit and then like have challenges with people, um, where they're like, you know, pockets of time or different people where you would have repeat like amazing experiences with, and then it would fizzle out or like, what did it look like to never really, I guess, have that whole idea or, you know, sort of, um, goal, I guess, come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, from my perspective of thinking like, had we put more time and energy into it, maybe that's something we could have created. Um, but we never really did. So I'm curious 
what that whole experience was like for you too? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the one of the things that that looking back we were kind of competing with that I think is maybe less of an issue today, but this was in 2010 to 2012. Like we were in our early 20s and there were not a lot of people in their early 20s, at least that we were finding that were in and probably this is partly because of our approach was like a couple sort of looking for let's say swinging friends with benefits there weren't a lot of people at our age group that were looking for something like that that were in a relationship where they maybe felt as secure as we did having built on 10 years of friendship before that and so i think we struggled to find people just that we connected with cuz most of the people we would meet up with were 10 to 15 years older than us and they were in a very different phase of their life and so mm. to you know they probably had gotten a babysitter that night and they had kids and they had all these different things so to think about like hey we decided we're going to go hiking on saturday do you want to go like that's not a thing that most of the people we were meeting could could do so we i think we had that challenge a lot mm-hmm. early on mm-hmm. but yeah. we did find we did find our people but it took us about Six, six years. years yeah and we it was a it was a challenging journey i mean we're also non-monogamy has been part of our relationship but it definitely hasn't been all of our relationship there's been so many other things going on in our life and that have taken our focus and you know things that have happened with family and that it's it's been an in and kind of like up and down in the intensity of of how often we would try to meet people and who we try to hang out with. And it, sometimes we would um, be more active than others is my point because life happened. And I mean, we've gone entire years without oh yeah meeting anybody or talking to anybody. Like we've had friends that we would keep in touch with, but to like go out on a date together, we've, I mean, there's been times where it's been a whole year and we hadn't done anything. Mm-hmm. After about six years, we uh, made the decision to go on a trip uh, with the podcast Life on the Swing Set. And they had done a takeover at uh, a resort in Mexico um, called Desire. And we decided to go on that trip. And that was the turning point for us because we realized that we were, we found what we felt like were our people. And and friendships and that didn't live anywhere near us, but it didn't matter because we still had, we found the people that we wanted to make long lasting connections with. And that was kind of the catalyst of us. I don't know. So we're still doing pretty much everything together, but it was, it finally felt like this was, this was what we were trying to find for the last six years or more. Yeah. And we had a lot of like, I think we were both probably getting a bit demoralized because we're like, we want this thing and we would meet people and they would seem great. And then like, for whatever reason, it just, it never worked out or it wasn't as great as it seemed and it would fall apart. And, and this experience going to desire and meeting some people and then having like the true basis of friendship was the foundation was like a game changer for us. Like Mm -hmm. it was worth it to us to fly across the country to meet people for a weekend or even a week because we knew we knew we were friends above 
everything else and that that was the basis of what we were doing and i think that really like breathed some inspiration back in into the journey for us because i think we we're both getting a bit like burned out with the like find people on a website go out on a date it wasn't very fun we we sort of have the post-mortem discussion about it and then it's two or three weeks before we both work up like the energy to like go through that process again yeah it, it was a challenge yeah yeah thank you for sharing that so much because i think that well and you guys have you know obviously been doing this now for you know 15 years so having had a whole course of like you know, going through the different chapters and changes. And Posh and I certainly experienced that as well. So I can identify with that a lot of, you know, it can be demoralizing and it can be really exhausting when you are trying to um, create community or find yourself in spaces and you don't see it anywhere. Um, you know, which I created my own set of challenges wanting to be very private. Um, but I love hearing that you found this you know, with, I've never, so I never heard of life on the swing set, um, until you guys, you, you actually mentioned it on Curious Girl Diaries. And so I, um, I love hearing that this trip opened up so much for you too. And so wait, are you still going on trips like that? <laughs> we, we haven't in, uh, quite a few years, um, for different reasons. So we would be open to it again, but we have, I would say we, we went three years in a row. And that was the last trip we went on was 2018. Okay. You're like, and that's enough to like find our people and, you know, do well, it. And we, Different life circumstances happen too. Yeah. Well, and, and COVID. And COVID. Yeah. There's <laughs> been a pandemic. Um, but in, in 2018, we actually, we left our jobs. We had engineering jobs and we left those jobs and we went and backpacked in South America for about a year. And so during that time that was another one of those periods where like we were pretty much monogamous we didn't we were spending 24 hours a day together living out of backpacks and traveling and meeting other people but it wasn't like non-monogamy was not really something we were seeking out um we weren't mm -hmm. looking for other partners we we didn't really have any experiences in that time um so like that's sort of i think what we were trying to get at earlier is like it's it is definitely a part of our lives and and now i will say where we are today it is a much bigger part of our lives but up until about two years ago it was sort of a like this is a fun thing we do it it's definitely who we are but it doesn't define us mm -hmm. in a lot of ways yeah yeah i yeah. love that you're kind of bringing that back um and i always I try to remind people that as well. Like this does not define who we are. It's this aspect of our relationship, right? right. Um, but yeah, I think that going long periods of time in different seasons of your relationship is also so healthy. Um, you know, whether it's like an intentional close of the relationship or just like you're not putting your focus on these experiences so they're not happening. Um, that's how all relationships should be. At least I, in my opinion, like they should be, I always call it a seasonal menu, not like a prefix thing where it's right. like, this is what I'm having for the rest of my life. It's like, this is what's working for me right now. What do you need? Right. And we are creating this together and we're being really present to what our needs are. So I love mm -hmm. hearing that. Um, there's a little part of me that's sad 
that <laughs> like, you know, being a backpacking in, in South America for a while, I'm like, oh, not one good, like fun story or experience that you can share, but I'm sure you have plenty of ones from different times in your lives. Um, I, I wanted to ask, so I know that you two are pretty private when it comes to, you know, that you have a podcast, you've had normalizing non-monogamy for four years now. Um, but does everyone in your life know about this aspect of your relationship together? And, um, how has that process been if you are open about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Can I, I, can I touch on one thing before I, before we answer that question? Cause I want to maybe like, it, it can maybe seem like we just had like years of negative, horrible experiences and we just like kept powering through. And I think just something to like point out is that those experience, there definitely were some experiences that we were like, that was really bad. We don't ever want to repeat something like that. But there were a lot of them that were like, you know, we had fun. It was interesting. And we walked away from it. Like, that's not really what we were looking for, but like we had a good time and we created a lot of memories together that like we bond over and we would be, you know, driving home from a party at three in the morning, like what just happened, you know? And like, we're, we're laughing about it and we're confused, but also like it really bonded us together. So I think just, just giving ourselves and to somebody listening, like yourself, the grace to like, try something, know that it might not be perfect, but know that like, you're probably going to come out on the other side having learned something and being closer to the person you did that with or or even if you're doing it by yourself like you will have a new perspective on how to do it differently the next time and so we tried to always take away something valuable and positive from even like the most challenging experiences we went through and i just wanted to maybe just not paint it in such a light of like it was eight years of just drudgery until we showed up in Mexico. So that, that was all I wanted to, to say. Well, I think that. it was, it was life. Like yeah. we had, we would have good experiences. We'd have not so good experiences. We'd have, um, but we were also living our lives and different things going on. And it was a part of our life. So it was a part of our relationship, but it wasn't all consuming. And And even though some of the people that we met were not interested in going canoeing with us, it didn't mean they were bad people and it didn't mean the experience was bad. It just meant it didn't evolve into what we were looking for, but it wasn't necessarily a bad experience. Right. So, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll get off well, my soapbox. I'll, I'll share something really quick. Cause I think it's really cool the way that you just sort of wrap that all up and, um, hearing you guys and having this conversation, I certainly didn't feel like, you know, you were, you were saying like, it was only all bad, but it's cool to hear you share it that way. Because if anything, I feel like, you know, Posh and I have had a similar experience in that it was like, you're, you kind of have an expectation of what you want and you're not meeting it over and over again. And so sometimes when I think you're sharing the journey, we forget to yeah talk about like oh but there was this highlight but it was a one time thing right and we forget that all of those little experiences come together to really create the fabric of where you are when you hit your stride in your community or you know another love of your life and you can't really get there without like the 5 years of of working on it as you're doing life 
right? Because we keep kind of reiterating, it's just such a small part of what's going on in your relationship with one another and your relationship to everyone else in your life and your jobs and your families. And so I think um, it would be so rare to hear that people like jumped in, you know, deep end head first and had all these amazing experiences. And then that was their life, especially not at like the age of 20. Um, so I love that you're saying that because it's like, yeah, you got to give yourself some grace. You guys, even the fact that you are, you know, happily still in this relationship 15 years later, having gone through, I think what for most people is the biggest growth time of their lives and where people generally don't stay together because they just want vastly different things. Um, so I think your journey is amazing and like, sounds like such a success that you were able to look at all these experiences and say, okay, what's the lesson here? What can we do differently next time? How do we grow from it? Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Please continue. I forget what I asked you, but (laughs) yeah. Well, I would just say too, really quick that like, when you say like, we, we have interviewed people who are like, yeah, we jumped in and it's just been perfect the whole time. And we've found exactly what we were looking for on the first date. And it's been great ever since. And we're like, yeah, great. Thanks for sharing. So <laughs> we, we, we have compersion, no, but we don't we're always, happy for them. we are, we're so happy for them. Um, they must be like, totally like have been in therapy for the last, like at least six years, at least in their <laughs> mid to late thirties, like have it all fit, like have the job figured out or something. They're in that place. Otherwise I don't believe it. <laughs> Send them to me. I want to interview them too. Right. Right. <laughs> so telling people how open are we? Yeah. So that's, that's something that has been a journey for us as well. Uh, this adventure in non-monogamy, I should say in our relationship dynamic, it was very much about our sex life for a long time. And that was very private. We didn't tell anybody. And it was, even though we were trying to find more than that, we're trying to find friends and open-minded people. And the sexual piece was a bonus. It was still our sex life. And that felt private. And we didn't want to tell many people. Um, that has evolved over time. And we'll talk about the podcast more later, but we started the podcast in 2018. Uh, and then now we'll also touch on a little bit. We're um, in relationships with other people and it's taken a turn from uh, more of the swinging dynamic into polyamory. Uh, but it has been a journey in in being more open along the way. So because we have started the podcast, it became a much bigger part of our lives. It also like just non-monogamy in general, talking about non-monogamy in general became a bigger part of our lives. And then having, you know, more, um, I guess, deeper relationships with other people, uh, that also has become a bigger part of our lives. And so we've started sharing more and more. However, we are, we are also fairly private. Um, We, but we don't, we've told some family and we've told uh, most of our friends, um, but it's it's been a mixed bag. Uh, but in general, the reaction has been um, positive and supportive. But there's been, you know, some sticking points and things to work on, and it's lots of conversations and trying to help people understand. Uh, but. It's, I guess, very much been a process. So to answer your question, yes and no. We're we're more open than we used to be, uh, for sure. But we also maintain a level of privacy, I guess, that um, that we 
it's important to us right now, but if like we do, we tell the people that are the most important to us in our lives, I'd say. Yeah. Do you have more to add? Was that clear? No, it was clear. And I think the, you know, when we first, like sort of our first jump to tell people who were not in the know that, that weren't friends that we met through non-monogamy was like my best friend and basically our best friends actually emma's first boyfriend is my best friend um and we met in kindergarten and we've been best friends ever since but like they were so supportive him and his wife were so supportive and they have been like they were just so curious about like the business side of it the everything and and like him and i talk about it all the time still like talking about the business piece of it but he's also gotten to where he's like hey if you need to talk about the relationship piece like i want to be there to support that as well and then he'll say like he's like well i'm happy to listen he's like i don't understand any of it i don't understand how it works or anything but like i'm here if you want to talk about it and so i think just having that support is really great um even from a person who like maybe doesn't it doesn't make sense but like it doesn't matter like our friendship eclipses the fact that like we're doing something that's confusing or Mm -hmm. not part of his like realm of interest for himself he still wants to show up and i think we've seen that support from most of our friends that we've sort of shared with in different levels some have been like hey great you do you i don't really need to hear more and some are like, great, that's really interesting. Tell me more. And so, it's, and then others start listening. <laughs> that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, wow, I'm inspired. And you're like, okay, yeah. I yeah. see you. Um, have you ever? This is kind of a random question, but I I dealt with this, and I know as we were kind of talking earlier, Ebba, for your for your podcast, you were like, I identify with that a lot. Um, so we probably have some shared experiences as women. Do you feel, and this is a question for both of you, people relate to you each differently with the perspective of non-monogamy in your relationship Um, or people accept you sort of differently One, you know, being a man and and you being a woman um, in the space when you first tell them or when they ask questions about it? Yeah, I I think for... I mean, the answer is yes, I, I believe so. Some some people not as much, but other people more. Um, I think it comes down to a societal expectation of, um, I don't know, like questions around my safety and my what I want in the relationship and make sure that, I mean, but for both of us, but there's more focus on, on mine, um, my position and making sure that I'm where I want to be and not being um, pressured in any way. Uh, So it, yeah, I just thinking about people's reactions. I think that definitely impacts it um, based on which one of us they're talking to. Um, Go ahead. And then I'll add more. Well, yeah, I was going to say exactly what you said, I think is the, the initial reaction that people kind of have is, Finn is making Emma do this. Like I'm this sex-driven guy and I'm forcing us into something that maybe she's okay going along with, but it's really not what she wants to be doing. 
and sort of the like autonomy piece and making sure Emma feels totally empowered to make her own decisions to be where she wants to be and not where she doesn't want to be has been like one of the biggest threads of our relationship regardless of monogamy just in general our relationship of making sure that that we're not just doing the things i want but that we're doing the things that we both want to be doing mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and just to be clear it's very much not the case that that finn is directing this like it's been both of us the entire time um we've both been have an extreme amount of curiosity around other people and exploring everything there is in life and pushing ourselves to do hard things and you know things that may be out of the ordinary and so both of us have that drive uh, and always have had that drive Mm, thank you for sharing that that was like so well said and yeah I've, i've experienced quite a bit of that as well with people being very worried about my position and um, almost in disbelief that sometimes I've been the driver <laughs> of of things. And then, and that comes with its own set of judgments, right? Um, about, you know, whether or not it's right for a woman to like be the initiator or the driver when it comes to like sexuality. So thank you for, for sharing that and speaking on it. Um, and yeah, having having the bravery um, because it's not easy to, like you said, talk about your sex life, right? You wanted to keep that very private. And now here you are with a, a, an amazing podcast, you know, four years later. Um, I, I guess I, I'm curious if the podcast at all has, has impacted your sort of your lives and shifted anything for you that you were or were not already doing. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it has been, I mean, it's changed our lives completely. I would say without a doubt, it's been like <laughs> the biggest agent of change in our lives. How so? One of them. Yeah. Yeah. Probably one of them. One of the biggest. What it has sort of brought to us. And one of the things that it has really brought to us is the community. Um, we've, built around the show a community of people who will listen and they you know most of them are in like our patreon community but like on the day-to-day we have like a chat group that we can go to with people who there's over 100 people in there and, and 50 to 60 of them are pretty active and i consider every single one of them a friend and then there's within that friend group there's people that like we know we could call in the middle of the night about something we're going through in our relationship that they would get they would understand it because they're living it too and having that sense of community that that validation that like maybe what we're doing is a little crazy and really hard but we're not doing it alone and there's somebody who's done it before us and there's somebody coming after us and so we get to like learn from the people before us and then help the people following in our footsteps. And I think that has been amazing for us to like build the thing we really wanted from the beginning, which is friends. And then what's on top of the friend like foundation is just unique to every single person. And we've been able to now go from like 
we looked for it for six years and could barely find it to we have 50 to 100 people who we consider that and that's been really amazing i think for me and the, the you mean the deep friendships the deep friendships and the community mm-hmm. aspect of it has mm-hmm. been just huge sharing it with our friends and family outside of the community has has really changed our lives for sure yeah and honestly just i mean talking to so many different people and you see uh i mean just li- yeah listening to the stories and and getting curious about what drives that person what experiences they've had in their life to have them be where they're at now and what's led them to question different things in their life and explore and we've learned i both of us but I'll speak for myself have like I've learned so much from just the amount of people that we've talked to exploring different dynamics in their relationships and it's been you know it's made me question things about what I want and where I'm going and and made me think about things differently and yet um I've I just I've it has been inspiring to talk to everyone and um I'm so grateful that people trust us enough to come on our podcast, have us interview them and and trust us with their story out there. And it's an honor to be able to do that um, for everyone that we've talked to. I think the other piece that is probably in thinking about it, like one of the biggest changes, and and we've we've talked about this a lot the last couple of months, um, is so about a year and a half ago, we met another couple that we had just off the charts chemistry with and it sort of took us by surprise and we sort of leaned into that we were curious about that and we went with it and a year and a half later we're still in these very intense very connected relationships that are way beyond casual way beyond the typical like swinging they are they are full-on relationships and we have been navigating like falling in love with other people and figuring out how to do all that it's also long distance so that adds a challenge but the the piece that has really come out of this is something that a few things we recognized one is our relationship as we knew it for the last 14 years leading up to this point that relationship is is really gone we're not those people and that's not our relationship anymore and we've learned so much about ourselves that I don't think it's sort of like the toothpaste is out of the tube. You don't, you can't really put it back in. So like, yes, we could end these relationships, but our relationship as we knew it still doesn't exist. Like it, it is sort of a new relationship that we are figuring out how to support each other in autonomy, how to support each other in other relationships. And doing all of these things in a very different way than we had done them in the past. And I think it definitely forced us to stop ignoring things that we were sweeping under the rug for so long. And I think that's where a lot of the change happened in that like our relationship would be fundamentally changed even if these relationships ended tomorrow, because it has forced us to confront things about how we did things that that we thought we were doing a great job of 
but we really weren't. And so I will just say like a great one for me is I said earlier, like a big thread for me was always making sure I was trying to support Emma in her autonomy and going for what she wanted. But when we can now look back at that and untangling that, like, I wasn't great at that. I was trying to, but I didn't know how. And I kept getting in her way, even though I was trying so hard to get out of her way because mm. of whatever, my own fear, my own beliefs, my own drive. And so we we both ignored that or we would try to do something about it and then it would fade away. And then we would be like, well, that's really hard to deal with. Let's not deal with that. But now we have other relationships. And if we're not dealing with our shit, those other relationships, they're like, they suffer. They're so affected. We're mm -hmm. forced. Yeah, we're forced to deal with our shit. And so it has really forced us to like confront some really hard things yeah. and grow. Wow, that's so beautiful. Um, I just love what you said about, you know, the relationship is completely changed and new. And I think that's the scariest thing for most people. And I love, I have a lot of monogamous listeners too. So I love kind of what you're communicating of like, it's so much better when you're not afraid to let go of everything you know, because, you know, in that space, you're able to create like whatever you want. Opportunities are pretty endless, but it's so scary. I think many times in these styles or these dynamics, um, and Posh and I are a bit guilty of this too. Like you're wanting to protect um, your relationship first, right? Your foundation. Um, it reminds me, we have the agreement, right? Where, um, we, we really only entertain outside experiences if in some way it's like adding energy, right? To ours. It doesn't have to be actually physically adding energy, but like it's a positive, it's a net positive. The moment that it starts to draw energy out of our relationship or, you know, become like a source of, I think, stress, then it would not be healthy. Um, and over the last couple of years, having Lauren in our lives, we've been forced to examine that actually, because I've certainly had my bumps in the road with Lauren and, you know, as minimal as they've been over three years, it's been like twice that has certainly drawn energy out of my relationship with Pasha. Um, but maybe only for a moment. And then in the resolution, it usually brings us all much closer. He's able to support me in a different way. And so it's in the, I think, being willing to like completely let go of everything you know and this relationship and get out of protection mode and into like curiosity mode, which I've heard you guys say the word curious so, so much. Um, I appreciate that. I think that's like such a beautiful thing for people to hear. Like, because your relationship is going to change and be completely different, whether you like want it to or not. Um, and anything that stays the same for, you know, 15 years is it's probably stale, right? Um, I mean, that's a judgment, but like, you know, I think from where we sit, it's all about like, how can I let things breathe and let things evolve mm -hmm. into what mm -hmm. they're meant to, to move into? I wanted to chime in and make a quick comment. As you were talking about relationships, it occurred to me, you know, long, long-term relationships are often made up of small chunks of different relationships. Like, you know, if you're in a relationship with someone for 35, 40, 50 years, likely that relationship is made up of 
different relationships at different time periods. And mm-hmm. for most people, because most of us, you know, even if even if you don't pursue personal growth, like we all go through life changes, different jobs, different, you know, having kids and or different, you know, family styles or friends, like things happen in life that make us all change. And if you choose to be non-monogamous, that's just another part of the relationship structure that you have and is part of your journey. And so I wanted to comment like, because it's applicable for all types of relationships, whether you're monogamous or non-monogamous, it doesn't matter. Like you're still on this journey of having likely different relationship styles throughout your relationship and, and being open to that. There there may be a grieving process of an old relationship and that you change and that things are different. Uh, there may not be, but it's, it's all part of life. And that was, that was trying to be my point that I didn't maybe so clearly state. <laughs> well, no, and I, it's, I love that you brought it up because I was thinking the same thing. Like this could happen in a monogamous relationship, right? Like for, let's say for 20 years, I go to work, I bring home the money and Emma is there and she, every day I come home from work and my dinner's ready. And then one day she's like, I got a new job and now she's super busy. She's doing all these things and I come home from work and there's no dinner. And now we're in a new relationship. Like we're in a relationship Mm -hmm. now where we're both working and, or you have a child, your relationship is not the same as before you had a child. And so there's, you, you, exactly like Emma said, you, your relationship most likely isn't going to look the same for the entirety of it, um, especially if it's more than a, a couple of years long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like, that's a beautiful thing. And something that I think to your point is like, yeah, we should all embrace that and look for that. And yeah, I love pointing out that this is for everybody, not just, you know, alternative, well, not even that these are alternative, but, you know, uh, people perceive them to be alternative relationship styles because yeah, getting to meet your partner and be something new to each other is like such a gift. I just realized that I'm not sure. Are you two are married or no? Yes. Yeah. You're married. Okay. I thought <laughs> yeah, so. <we> are. <laughs> um, it's, it's so funny. Posh and I have this little thing that we do every year on our anniversary. We sort of, we go to dinner and we tell each other the one or two things that we're really like inspired about that the other person has accomplished in that year or how they've shown up in the relationship. Um, and, and then we also give a piece of sort of um, either constructive criticism. I don't know the, what, like how to, how to call it, but um, we sort of share something that we really wish that the other person could work on for us. Um, within the container or even like for something of their own. Um, and we're always really open. And like we committed this very early on that we wanted to do this and stay really neutral. And every year it's like kind of this cause to be witnessed and get feedback. Um, and I think having that structure that sort of started out as a joke, but something that we've carried through seven years in has actually allowed us to see how many different relationships we've been in. And also right around this last year, having been at like the seven year mark, we really realized how different we were stepping into just being like completely new people. And our marriage was totally different to the point that we actually renewed our vows because we were like, our, our marriage is just not the same 
and we're happy it's not. But we went through some struggles in that. We went to therapy. Um, it had nothing to do with non-monogamy, which most people are like, oh, you know, of course. Um, but it was really about like who we were becoming and getting comfortable with embracing those new parts of ourselves and that new part of our marriage or that new marriage entirely, which is what you're speaking to. So I think it's so awesome. And yeah, I just wanted to share that because we did, we like, we literally wrote vows and like went out to the beach and like kind of started a whole new chapter. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. I, I would love to ask, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna make one other comment about as we're talking about relationships. The we do have a podcast all about non-monogamous relationships, but we're we try to be very clear that non-monogamy is not for everyone, and and just like monogamy is not for everyone. What we're trying to show is that there are lots of different ways to have relationships, and one's not right, one's not wrong. It's just there are different options out there, and we try to encourage people to explore what works best for them. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same. Um, I would love to ask more about, so you started to touch on this new relationship that's very much changed, um, you know, your lives and, and your marriage. Um, and you said that it started to go from, you know, non-monogamy into more polyamory. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I guess my question is for both of you, how has that changed you guys on a personal level and then in your marriage um because that's a shift that we went through as well and i think a lot of people are in the non-monogamy stage still um or in you know listening and in, in the monogamous stage and really fear i think polyamory is the big fear um whereas at least that's my perception of it non-monogamy feels a bit safer when things are maybe just about sex right or just about like exploring that side, that sexual side. Um, but there's a lot of fear that comes with feelings. Um, and how has that been for you too? For me, I think the biggest thing that, well, there's been a lot, there's been a lot that I've learned, uh, but I've recognized that, you know, we can't, we can't be complacent in a relationship with yourself, with um, in your, in with Finn and I's relationship, we have to be intentional about, about everything and, um, intentional about the way we communicate about what we, the time we make for each other and how we both want to grow in our relationship and individually and how we want our, what we want our relationship to look like and what we want relationships with others to look like. And it's been, I mean, along the journey has been, you know, dealing with jealousy and um, insecurities and it's all part of it. But yeah, like for me, I've recognized that, I, I mean, for one, I'm, I'm capable of things that I didn't think I was capable of necessarily, or I questioned, I wasn't sure, I was nervous, uh, but also I, I definitely screwed things up like a lot. Like I'm not perfect and I make mistakes and we're all human. And it's about trying to handle those and, and learn from those and, and move forward. And um, yeah, I'm not being super specific right now, but there's just been so much. I feel like I've learned um, about myself and about us 
and how how to you know we're trying we're still we're in the middle of like very much still building our what our relationship looks like now in these relationships even though it's been over a year um it's still very much a process Mm -hmm. yeah and i think the thing that i kind of like keep coming back to when i think of this is one of the things that it forced us both to have the reality check of is that we we are truly choosing to be in this relationship this marriage 10 years later like we've been married for 10 years this fall like we still choose that today and that is a choice that we make and that is also a choice that one day we could choose to not make and i think for us for the entirety of our relationship that was it was sort of a subconscious choice and it was like there's no question like we wake up you're there i'm here we're together like that's what we do that's what we do day in and day out we cook breakfast dinner lunch together we that's what our lives are and now like we've spent more nights sleeping in beds apart from each other in the last year than we did in the previous 15 years like more or less i would say obviously in college there was time but like since we moved in together until then like we never spent the night in the bed in a bed with somebody else like we never really did the dating thing so like we, the, we've um the one night stand where you wake up next to somebody like that was that wasn't a thing we ever went through well let's say like i mean we there's been times like traveled for work and sure. like different things so you're not together all of the time but uh or different but to your point yes and it and it, <laughs> so it like really kind of landed for us or for for me that like we choose this relationship and we have to choose to nurture it. We have to choose to grow it and be there for each other because like we aren't just a default and Mm. that's a hard realization. Like it's, it's powerful, but it's also hard to realize that like, I, I have to keep showing up better. Like I can't just expect other people to show up better. Like I have to show up better, not just for Emma, but for other people in our lives. And and I think that's where the other big growth thing kind of has come for me. I mean, there's so many, but we don't have a four-day podcast. So um, the, the idea that like Emma and I have gotten very good at how we communicate. Well, we've been pretty decent at how we communicate with each other. And now you mix two new people in and they might have different communication styles, different histories, different everything. And so the way Emma and I talk about something, even something maybe super simple that her and I have like, we have a groove, we have a pattern. And all of a sudden you try to like take that pattern and apply it to a new relationship. And it like blows up in your face and you're like, hold on a minute. Like I'm used to putting in this input and getting this output and I put in the input and I got slapped in the face and I'm like, where, what happened? And you have to realize that like the grooves we've gotten in are very they've taken a long time to get there and we've learned them and we've learned how to really work together it's kind of a dance and now we're learning to dance with new people and and also each other and now we're learning new dance moves for each other because hey the way that we used to do this just because it quote unquote worked it doesn't mean it was a good way to do it and so now we're trying to undo some of the dance moves that we learned 
and we had you know more or less perfected but they weren't super healthy and so like we've almost torn the whole thing down to the studs and we're figuring out what to what do we rebuild and how wow thank you for sharing that's amazing um yeah i'm a little speechless cuz i think it's just um every relationship right is so nuanced and hearing your story um in so many ways has feel, felt like a reflection of of mine and Pasha's and being open to polyamory has reignited our choice for each other and and how we are with one another in a way that I think we never saw coming. Um, and it's true, like what you said, Emma, about not being complacent, like what a gift to almost realize that, you know, like you were at, at some points and in certain stages of the relationship or maybe like a lot all the time, which I was like, oh, wow. And then to be reminded of like creating things brand new and showing up in that way um, for your partner. Yeah. You're making a whole new marriage. I love it. Um, so you guys mentioned your Patreon community and um, I know that you have some other offerings and like um, ways for people to sort of learn more from you too and like get involved. Can you talk about those a little bit uh, for people who have no idea how to dip their toes into this world? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'll, I'll say a few things and you can add if I'm missing anything. Okay. Of course. <laughs> uh, we, so we do have a weekly podcast and, uh, that's just chock full of interviews of everyone exploring non-monogamy. On top of that, we have a vibrant and active Patreon community. Um, that is a, we do monthly Q and A's with them. We do, uh, a women's group and a men's group. Um, and we also have a ongoing chat group. Um, we use the platform MeWe, but it it's an ongoing chat group for all for the Patreon members. And then we also do on top of that um, monthly virtual meet and greets. And so these are outside of the Patreon, right? These are outside of the Patreon group, so anyone can join. Our requirements to join the virtual meet and greet are for you to be open minded and respectful. Um, so you can join and explore and meet open-minded people and just chat. Um, the virtual meet and greets are two hours and we go, we use Zoom and just um, mix, put people in breakout rooms and um, give them a talking point. And they're in the room for five, seven minutes, talk about that point, And then you come back out, you scramble the rooms and do it again. And so just an opportunity to meet and talk amongst like-minded people. Uh, and we just started doing some virtual trivia nights. Um, and then we also have done some in-person events as well. We do, we've done some meet and greets in person and some different um, events when we're able to. So all of that is available, like find out everything on our website, um, which links will be, I'm sure in, in your show notes. So um, yeah, did I miss anything? Did you want to expand on anything? Yeah, I don't think you missed anything. I was just, I wanted to share like a little bit about the community because I think, you know, I talked mm -hmm. a little bit earlier about how impactful it's been for us and the support we've gotten from it. But what that sort of like looks like on the day to day is people are in there all day long. Like sometimes it'll be just fun stuff like, hey, I had a great date last night. And sometimes it'll be like, I'm going through a breakup. And 
then people are reaching out and saying, well, if you need to jump on a call, let me know. If you want to do this, if you want to have coffee on Friday, let's jump on Zoom. And so it's just people reaching out and supporting one another in ways that like, it's it's like a lot of peer support. And there's been a lot of, there's a lot of people in here who have been doing non-monogamy for 10, 15, 20 years. And they've done some, just so many different iterations of it that there's just so much experience that like, we like some days we don't even show up in there. Like we don't say a word and it's just chock full of people helping and supporting one another. And I think one of my favorite recent stories that I will brag about is some members and it's a complicated setup, but they're having a child and member other members of our community that have never, ever met these people in person, like total opposite sides of the country organized a baby shower for them. And they all showed up and a they sent a out virtual baby a shower. virtual baby shower. <laughs> they sent out like party gifts to everybody who RSVP'd. And I was talking to one of the guy, the guy, the father of the child. We met him a couple of weeks ago in person. And he was like, dude, I'm so blown away that like, I've never met any of these people in my life. And there was 16 people showed up on Zoom to have a baby shower for me and my partner. And like, so the the way that this community has like, come together and supports each other is far beyond anything we could have ever envisioned when we started. Like we were just like, ah, we'll talk about sex and non-monogamy with people every week. And now it's like blowing our minds at how powerful like the the aspect of community is. So that's my mm. own tooting our own horn a little bit, but thank you for the the platform to do so. Yeah, please do. I love hearing it. I mean, my listeners know, like, if you know me, I am all about community. I, you know, didn't realize it until a few years ago when people started to call me a community builder. And I looked back and was like, oh, yeah, that's like what I do. Um, and I've been that way my whole life. And so to hear, you know, your journey and how this is literally the thing that you were searching for, but then you just actually went ahead and created it, maybe not even realizing that that's what you were doing. I don't know how intentional it, it is in the beginning. You need to turn around and realize like the gift that you've given to so many. It's so inspiring. And I'm so, so happy that you shared that aspect. Um, even for me, because, you know, Open Late is brand new and I've been thinking about, okay, how do I serve this community the best way that I can? And what do people really need, right? We sort of talked about that earlier. Um, so I really appreciate that. And I highly encourage all of you listening to definitely go to the website and check these two out. They're incredible. I, I will be joining the community, so <laughs> please. Um, and all of that will be linked in the show notes for you all so you can easily access it. Um, I guess what's left is really if there's anything that we didn't cover um, that you want to share with everyone listening, please do. Emma, anything? Mm. I just want to say thank you for having us on and encourage everyone out there listening just to just to be curious and don't be afraid to question things in your life that you might want to reconsider about what what where you want your life to go and uh, you may be perfectly happy and very pleased with where you're at and that's awesome but you may not be and be curious about what aspects of your life you might want to change um yeah very general but that's something that's kind of been 
coming through a lot for me lately. Yeah, I I think too, like, I I think it can be a really scary thing because you, you, I think you made the comment, Jessica, that like polyamory takes it sort of to a new level. And I, and I, obviously we were very clear. I was very clear that like our, our relationship today, like we couldn't, I don't think we could undo the changes we've done. However, I think we probably could have for quite a while. Like, so dipping, like if you're like, eh, this might be interesting to me, like I would say like find a sex club and just go with your partner. You don't, you don't have to like have sex with anybody else. You don't even have to have sex with each other. Like go be in the environment, talk to people, see what it's like, and then see like, did that feel good? Do I want to go further? Maybe next time we could have sex or well, we if, could kiss somebody or whatever. Yeah. And I was say, like, I think that's a great suggestion, but if you're not even ready for that, there's other events out there that you can just go to a meet and greet and, and just talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like, I would say it can be scary and, and intimidating, but like there are ways to like test the waters mm-hmm. that aren't going to fundamentally change who you are on like the first night. And I think as you start to go deeper into some of this, like I I do think to get in really to where we're at, you have to really be open to personal growth like it's it's really hard to show up in this space and be locked in your ways because you're going to be confronted with things that like you have to be flexible and fluid in your thinking or at least open to the potential that maybe you don't know you don't know all the answers and that that your paradigm is not the only the only one and that can be jarring but i think not to be afraid to like test it and see if you're maybe interested like yeah you're not you don't break you don't break yourself on the first time you go to a sex club i don't know maybe yeah. you do maybe you're like this is the thing i've been missing my whole life and good for you so yeah it's funny hearing you say that because i was just saying this the other day that like out of all the sex parties i've been to i've only actually had sex at one of them you know and yeah. it's not like i've been to a ton but like i've been to my fair share and it's like that's not even why i think most people go well depending on the party you know some i think that is the goal um but it's so true it's really about connection and finding your community and like you said dipping your toes in or just seeing something different um, but I thank you for sharing that because you're right. There are so many ways to engage in this world or in this style of relationship or in this part of yourself, because that's really what it is, um, rather than sex. It's like pick up a book, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, have you read The Ethical Slut? Start there. It's a good place to start. I always tell people who are like, you know, I'm so scared to do my first thing. And it's like, it doesn't have to be diving in the deep end. Um, so I appreciate that. And even if you decide to dive in the deep end and go to a party with, you know, some friends or by yourself, you know, you can just see, see what's to be seen and sort of yeah. go at it that way. Yeah. And that, that point about the books is great. And actually, this is something we know exists out there too, our book clubs. So maybe the maybe as as brave as you are, as far as you want to go, is like, I want to be in a book club with other people who are reading The Ethical Slut. Like, that exists. Um, Mm -hmm. so the offerings out there today are so much greater than 
15 years ago when we were first starting to do this. So I, I think just, yeah, getting curious and finding what works for you, like find what works for you and create what works for you is my, my advice. Cool. Wow. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. This has been amazing. So informative really fun for me selfishly to to finally interview another you know long-term relationship you know non-monogamous couple so i appreciate you so much your time and all the work that you've put into your relationship to get to a place where you're sharing it so publicly and um the podcast in your community is such a resource for so many and i love finding that out um and exposing my listeners to it so i really appreciate it yeah well thank you for the platform we appreciate it yeah. and for your work as well thank you so yeah. much all right you guys that's been another amazing episode please don't hesitate to leave this episode a review or comment on wherever you've seen it and let me know your thoughts on it or if you have any follow-up questions uh for emma and finn who knows maybe we do another episode together at some point just really let us know what you think and tag us so that we can be a part of your journey as well until next time love you all it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.